Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired Painter podcast. Um, We have a very special guest here today that I'll be chatting with, and I can't wait to get into it. And her name is Christy Gordon. And I just wanted to to share a little bit about Christy, just so you have an idea of kind of who she is in the art realm. Um, So Christy Gordon is a Canadian-born artist living in New York City now, and her paintings have been described by Galleries West as contradictory and enigmatic scenes that unravel centuries of power relations and imagine a new future. And she received a BFA from the Ontario College of Art and Design in 2011 and an MFA from the New York Academy of Art in 2013. She has She's an adjunct professor at the New York Academy of Art and her work has been widely exhibited in solo and group exhibitions and throughout Canada, the United States, Europe, and China at venues including the European Museum of Modern Art in Barcelona, Spain, the National Academy Museum, New York City, and Flowers Gallery, New York City. She's a three-time recipient of the Elizabeth Greenshields Foundation grant, and her paintings have won numerous awards and honors, and she has received residencies at the Central Academy of Fine Arts in Beijing, China, Shanghai University in China, OCAD University Florence, Italy, and has apprenticed with Odd Nerdrum in Norway and France. Gordon's work and art writing have been featured in publications, including the Artist Magazine, International Artist, and Fine Art Connoisseur. She has lectured and done painting demonstrations at venues, including the China Central Academy of Fine Arts in Beijing and Sotheby's in New York City. Her paintings hang in more than 600 collections worldwide, including the Government of Ontario Art Collection, the Clearinghouse New York City, and Touchstone's Nelson Museum of Art and History. She's represented by Grenning Gallery in Sag Harbor, New York, Garvey Simon in New York City, and Studio 66 in Ottawa, Canada. So, wow, Christy, that is all so impressive. It's amazing. And we are so happy to have you here today to just chat about your art career and life and it's so good to have you here it's so good to be here thank you so much for inviting me Jessica of course of course so um I I think that I kind of uh, learned about you through social media I I found your page and I was immediately like drawn into your the delicacy of your works and um your work is very classical but at the same time very modern and I just love the juxtaposition of it and I could definitely see I don't know like I love Hieronymus Bosch I think it's so fascinating and weird and wild and I see like at least for me I saw some like influences of that or something that reminded me of that so um I was immediately drawn to your work and like 
figuring out what was going on inside of the worlds of your artwork and stuff. So that's how I kind of um, learned about you. And, um, and you have an amazing social media presence. Oh, well, I feel the same about your work. I was so drawn to your work. I think our work is kind of aesthetically related in a certain way. Um, and I'm glad that you picked up on the Hieronymus Bosch influences in my work. He's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. And okay, so I have a question for you and then we'll get into like your background and everything. But do you really do you like medieval? Do, does, does that have any kind of um, inspiration for you, like medieval backgrounds, medieval um, landscapes and that kind of weird alternate reality that they had back then? <laughs> Oh, yes, exactly. And it's specifically the weird alternate reality type of stuff that draws me in, like with medieval art. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I find myself like really, really drawn to, yeah, medieval art and then like, like Renaissance art. And I start to lose a little bit of interest <laughs> as time goes on. There's still aspects that I really enjoy. But um, I think that it's, it's like a lot of those artists from the Renaissance or medieval art were like, you know, painting like religious scenes and my work isn't specifically religious, but I like this like exploration of just what is like the structure of reality? How does, you know, what, what do we not know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kind of like what lens do you see the world through? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I love that too, just because I see some of like the the um, the landscapes in your work and it reminds me of some of like those Flemish masters back in medieval and Renaissance times. And I've always been drawn to them and always been drawn to like, oh my goodness, well, where can I go to like experience this kind of world for real? Like, <laughs> so, um yeah, it's it's kind of like this alternate fantastical reality that doesn't really exist except in your mind. And I see that in your work. So I, I really love it. Ooh, um, I'm so glad. Thank you. Yeah. So um so we actually, yeah, we we do have a lot of kind of overlapping um kind of things that we've done, but I'm so I'm so curious. So you you're originally from Canada. At what point did you migrate to the United States? Um, so it was in what when was it 2011 actually that I first came to New York um, when I was growing up I grew up in a really small little town in the mountains so actually a lot of the landscapes in my paintings are kind of like merging the kind of backgrounds of renaissance art with the landscape that I grew up in oh, cool um, kind of making my own take on it um, mm -hmm. But yeah, growing up in this small little town, I read some art books. I took them out of the local library and one was called How to Get Hung. And the whole entire book seems to be about how like you have to live in New York to be an artist. I don't think that's true anymore, but it put this idea of like New York into my mind. And as I was reading the book, it seemed like this impossible fantasy place like New York. That was a crazy concept to me. I couldn't even conceive New York. I lived in a tiny little town of 10,000 people in the middle of the mountains. Um, <laughs> so yeah, sometimes I just have this tendency to like kind of try and do the thing that seems the craziest that I could possibly. Mm -hmm. That was where I was at. I had finished my BFA and I was like, what will I do next? And I kind of had the idea occur to me that the craziest thing I could possibly do would be to move to New York. And so I um, ended up going to the New York Academy of Art to get my MFA. It also helped me like get into the country, got my student visa right. and green card and so on. Um, mm -hmm. So 
so that was that was like uh almost 10 years ago wow amazing and so when you when you came to New York Academy of Art, so I also was accepted into New York Academy of Art and I had to decide between New York Academy of Art and um, the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts. And I graduated in 2014. So if I had gone there, we would have gone there at the same time. Would have, that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so I'm so curious, how, how was your experience at the New York Academy of Art? Oh, well, it was amazing. It was everything I had wanted it to be and more. It was also really challenging. Like it was so hard. We were so busy and it was so stressful. Um, plus I was acclimatizing to living in New York. It was all like a lot and very expensive. So it was just yeah. like really a lot. And it was after the Academy that things started to kind of come together. But I think I got that grounding and foundation at the Academy. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been to a couple of events at the Academy. I went to their open studios one year, and then I went to um, their Tribeca Ball, the one that was honoring Will Cotton. Nice. Yeah. And they were, they were both amazing events. I mean, I, I really, I love the way that they put on events with all the different like activities you can do. I remember in the top room, they had like all these falcons and you could like the guests could like draw the falcons and I was like this is so magical oh my gosh I remember that year and I, oh I love their events too they just go like totally over the top and it's like yes amazing yes, yes. not just about the art it's about like the artistic experience that you get to like dwell in it's totally an experience this episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy the Luminary Artist Academy is a six-month, self-paced, transformational course for contemporary realist feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach. And I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step -step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later, is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now, six months from now, if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows press celebrating your work and sales pouring in from your art is 
what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistssalon.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so you said that when you got, oh, so one more question about Canada, were you anywhere near Prince Edward Island? Ah, I've been to Prince Edward Island, but actually I was on the whole entire opposite side of the country, farthest away from Prince Edward Island um, when I was growing up in Nelson, but I have been to Prince Edward Island. It's so okay. nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I grew up reading all those books by L.M. Montgomery. Um, like, uh, is that Anne of Green Gables or who? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Anne of Green Gables, but I actually prefer her other books a little bit more. Um, I know everyone loves Anne, but I, I, I really like her other books. She has several other series. Um, some of them are about like writers and, um, artists and stuff. So I, I actually, gravitated towards her other books but the way that she describes Canada and Prince Edward Island is just so beautiful so I was just curious about that oh that's really interesting I've actually never read the books I watched the tv series so I know all about Anne through the the series (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's so cool um okay so you said after you graduated from New York Academy of Art, things started to come together. I would love to hear more about that period in your life. Like what what was kind of coming together? Well, what actually happened, I think initially there was a phase where um, I started to give myself permission to do whatever I wanted to do, like with my art, which of course we always had when we were at the Academy, but I was kind of overly concerned about what the teachers would think. Mm -hmm. Totally on my side, but I was kind of really wanting to make them think I was doing something good so um, after graduating I had this moment of kind of having an idea wondering what my thesis advisor would think and sort of you know doing the idea anyways and my work started to feel more personally like my own but then I think most like the most important phase was um, something that happened maybe a few years after I graduated, even more, maybe four years after, I was um, just feeling like I had seen some artists find their voice like really naturally. And it just, it all came together. Even during their time in grad school, I could see them follow their artistic impulse and have an artistic voice right away. But I never felt like that was really like happening with my work. It seemed like my work would change and be highly inspired by one artist or another and not necessarily be like consistently my own voice. Mm-hmm. And I got really kind of depressed about it and like made this plan about like a daily action plan that I would take every day. And I did it as a 21 day challenge where I would like do a thumbnail to brainstorm an idea every day. I would read an article about art every day. I would do an intuitive painting every day, which if if that's a new concept, I've got a video on YouTube about intuitive painting. It was nice. kind of yeah and um what else there was like a few there was like five things that I did every single day in the form of a 21 day challenge oh I also painted for a minimum of 25 minutes a day because I was also getting more and more blocked with my work like I was feeling so unsatisfied with my work that it was becoming harder and harder to paint at all 
Um, mm -hmm. So it's a really low period. But then after doing this 21 day challenge and taking these daily actions every day, it all started to come together. And I had like intuitive ideas that I would kind of bring out in my work, taking an idea from, you know, this intuitive state and then figuring out how to bridge that gap from like an intuitively generated idea, which looked very loose and gestural to like a finished painting, what kind of resources or tools, you know, whether working from live models or building little plasticine models or well, all of the above, you know, finding photo reference um, to kind of supplement my imagination enough to be able to like bring the idea to fruition. And I finally started to create work that really did feel like unique to me. Um, and, and so that was kind of the biggest transformation. Like I had started out as someone who didn't feel like they had their voice and also yeah. couldn't have necessarily done the work that I was aiming to do. And in the course of, you know, taking an idea from an intuitive idea to, you know, painting from the imagination to the finished painting, I had become a person that could. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you, that's so cool that you recognize that that was happening in yourself and you're like, okay, what can I do to shift this and how can I change this? That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Have you had any um experiences like that with oh, your? Definitely. Um, actually last year, um, I, I was, I mean, I was in the process of moving. I was moving houses from one kind of town to another. I'm still in the Philadelphia area, but I'm kind of moved my whole home base and got rid of my studio. And now I have a home studio and everything, but, um, and I was doing a lot of like renovation work on this house, like, um, learning how to tile a bathroom and stuff Ooh. like that. Um, yeah. And like painting the walls and like, it just, it was from the 1950s and this house needed a lot of work, which is a really fun, creative project. But, yeah. um, but I mean, for this, for like seven months from like the day that I was like, that I put in the offer on the house. And then like, I don't know, like it, it, it ended up being like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to put a pause on my painting for like two months. And it stretched out into like seven months. Yeah. And I just, I just, I just didn't know what to paint. I felt so uninspired and like, um, kind of like lost. Like I didn't, I didn't even like. I didn't even know what I wanted to paint for the first time in my life. And, um, and I thought that I'd kind of had things figured out, but it, it was, it was very strange. Um, I didn't have the desire to paint. I just, it just felt very insurmountable. And um, yes, you're nodding your head. Um, yeah. I went away on a trip. It was a trip to Scotland. It was an artist residency. And um, on that artist residency, um, it was with 24 other artists and uh it was a very remote location, um, very remote in Scotland. And, you know, it was three hours from the nearest like city and it was along the coast and we were just like isolated for like a week. And all of a sudden I didn't have to like work on the house. I didn't have to pay any bills. I didn't have to do anything except just like be there and experience the experience. And um, so it was, it was such a different kind of landscape. Like, oh my gosh, like it was, it was in March and like the trees were just like, they looked like these crazy trees out of fairy tales. And there was moss covering everything. We were right along the ocean and it was like this, I don't know, it looked like there could be mermaids in it. And we were on the grounds of this castle, which is, was 2000 years old. 
And um, anyway, it was just a very magical, um, crazy experience. Um, it was headed up by the muses. Um, and yeah, so during that, um, all of a sudden I started to have this like inkling of like, um, wanting to paint again. And I started, I did some watercolors while I was there. And then I, um, I had this epiphany while I was there. I was like, what do I want to paint? And I had picked up this like little book of Scottish fairy tales and I was like reading through it. Um, and I was like, everything in my work, I've, I've always wanted to focus on fairy tales, but I've been afraid that no one will take me seriously. And I just had this like kind of gut realization, like this is what I need to do. And so uh, when I got back, I started painting like crazy. And so I, now I have like, I have a solo show in December and I have like so many reference photos plastered all over my walls. And I don't ever remember being this inspired. Aww. And it's such a pleasure to be in this space again. Um, but yeah, I didn't paint for seven months last year. So I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like so great when the inspiration comes back. I think I saw some of your paintings of these mossy trees and the like clearly fairy tale inspired stuff on your Instagram just recently. I love those paintings. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a few of them, but there's, there's more dramatic things coming. So stay tuned. And Yes. And so, um, so what are you working on these days? Well, yeah, I'm working on a show that will be opening end of January, actually. Um, yeah, so, thank you. It's kind of an extension of what I've been creating, sort of um, like multi-figure surreal kind of compositions. Um, a lot of them are like kind of involve an upper world, a lower world, and a middle world, or three panels like Hieronymus Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delight that sort of moves from like the dark side through mm -hmm. the center plane over to maybe a paradise. Um, so whether it's like in a triptych form or sort of all in one painting, like some of the Last Judgment Renaissance paintings, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are kind of like exploring that. Or there's also some like portraits of mystical creatures that I'm yeah wonderful thanks I I love looking at your mystical creatures in fact okay on the background right now of your zoom um I'm looking at okay what is the name of this painting oh, this one is called the cosmic lotus cosmic lotus and there's is that a cat the big black shadowy figure oh, yeah um so that I don't know what it is yes it's a mystical creature <laughs> dark <laughs> shadowy mystical creature okay so it's kind of like a cat bear monkey kind of looking thing exactly <laughs> yeah, it's very cool I love it um yeah so okay so and where where is your show gonna be that'll be in Bloomsburg Pennsylvania mm -hmm. yeah at a gallery. it's called um the gallery at Greenlee Center Ooh, cool. That's amazing. So will this be all new paintings or kind of a mix of new and existing paintings? Yeah, it'll be a mix of new and existing paintings. The space is really large. So um, I'll be bring, taking some paintings back from other galleries that have work right now and putting everything into the show and then creating some new um, kind of large scale paintings because I'm just trying to fill up the space. <laughs> That's so exciting. What's yeah. the biggest um, size that you're working or planning to work on? Um, okay, I don't know the exact dimensions, but I've got this triptych that I'm working on right now that's like roughly seven feet by, I'm actually not sure like 
I have no idea. Maybe 12 feet. I should measure it, but it's like really big. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. That is so big. I can't wait to see what you do with that. That's so Thank exciting. You. Um, and I saw on your um on your website that you worked with Odd Nerdrum for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was that? It was really inspiring. It was actually the first time I've ever seen an artist um, I think take an idea like from his imagination and how he brings it to that like completion and you know using live models we would model for him some of the time too while we were there um apprentice mm-hmm. um yeah just, so just getting to see him a lot of it is from his imagination and um I actually I didn't see him use photo reference so maybe he's got the landscapes of I think he's drawing inspiration from his time in Iceland maybe for some of his mm-hmm. um but just seeing how he would kind of bring an idea that's clearly not like he didn't stumble upon this and take a photo of it and and how to make it look fully realized with all of his amazing techniques and um yeah and so and and just you know having like a couple like a person or two like pose for various elements and and moving things around and just like working it until it felt finished because that was always the step that was a bit hard to know how to do like how to have an idea that you definitely didn't see in real life but yeah. make it look feel like fully realized you know bring it to the kind of technical completion that you'd like yes I I totally understand that's been a challenge for me too and um I'm so curious how how are you how have you approached that in your own process yeah well so the painting we were just referring to which is the background for my zoom um my zoom virtual background the cosmic lotus um, it was the first painting that I kind of figured out how to do that with. So I started with an intuitive painting, which again, if that's a new concept, you can check out my uh, YouTube video about intuitive painting. But it's kind of where you just intuitive, like you just um, do the first impulse that comes to your mind mm-hmm. and the next impulse that comes to your mind without really thinking or judging it. And uh, really surprising things will come out. And so I had done this intuitive painting and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like <laughs> never could have come up with it. Like it's very strange when these things just emerge from us, but it doesn't look finished or realized it looks a little bit crappy. You know? <laughs> yeah, but the idea is there. <laughs> and so then, then I had to, then I sort of blew it up and got the essential elements of the intuitive painting down onto this really large painting which is about um maybe it's nine feet by five feet or something like that it's a pretty large mm-hmm. painting and and then I had to supplement that with all the reference like I would be going around I was in Nelson some of the time that I was working on this painting my hometown in Canada and it's kind of bad but I would ask someone's you know flowers on their <laughs> on their yard and just pick one if I think if it was the perfect one for my um painting and kind of set up a little still life in my studio and paint it from life or um you know, or look at like photos on Google and definitely be changing it enough that it didn't infringe with copyright. And mm-hmm. I looked at a lot of like other art too. So Italian Renaissance battle scenes. And, and so kind of with all of these tools, like various photos, various, you know, different other people's art, sometimes still lives, I got the essential like elements of the painting worked out better. And then I started to have live models and friends come over and I like had them pose in the middle of the painting as kind of a contemporary battle scene so there's people this is um kind of battling it kind of inspired by the Italian Renaissance battle scenes but I had to figure out how to and the the people are wearing contemporary clothes like they're my friends so I started to have them paint them from life and then I was really stumped about how to do the horses like I started the horses a lot of them from looking at Italian Renaissance 
paintings. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel quite right. And, you know, I needed to get like cast shadows onto the ground was the main problem. And I couldn't seem to figure out the right shapes. So I um, read in Vasari's The Lives of Artists about Italian Renaissance artists making little models of their, you know, to sort of, oh, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. So I made some little plasticine models and I also actually bought some little kids toys for like toy horses and mm-hmm. got bright light and kind of set up the light, you know, because all of the elements in the painting have, of course, lighting coming from the same direction for the whole painting. Um, and so I kind of had these figurines, plasticine figurines of people sitting on little kids toy horses with the strong light on them. And then I suddenly got really good cast shadow shapes and I painted that in from life. My brush strokes um, are better when I paint from life. I don't only paint from life, but as much as I can, I try to like supplement the information with a little bit of something from life. Um, Mm -hmm. It just gives more confidence to the brushwork. Yeah, so those are like the main tools that I ended up figuring out for me. And there's other ones that a lot of artists use too. Like a lot of people are using 3D modeling programs even to to supplement their information. I actually haven't done that. And there's some artists that even look at AI generators, you know, to get like ideas that way or not necessarily ideas, but different uh, visual references in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think it's interesting. All of the ways we have to become familiar. I kind of teach about this in the Visionary Artist Master Program that I run. And this is actually the topic we're on this week. So it's fresh on my mind, but just how as artists, we need to figure out what tools we need to supplement like our imagination with the Mm -hmm. reference we need in order to bring our painting to the desired finish. Exactly. Yes. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have, I have a similar process. I haven't made the little sculptures. I haven't sculpted them, but I do have a bunch of them. Like I actually have a ton of like little horse sculptures Ah! (laughs) as well. I, um, yeah. And like Pegasus sculptures and like little, things. Cause I, I also, I love to paint horses and just incorporate them into my work. So, um, I just, I just love them. I, I think it's fun. And to, to be able to look at something three-dimensionally is just so different than like to look at something, um, two-dimensional. So I think that's really cool. Um, could I ask you, um, a little bit about the cosmic Lotus, if you're comfortable sharing, um, kind of some of the ideas that are included in this piece. Yeah, well, so the big visual impression that strikes a person first when they see it is that there's this big dark cloud that's kind of cutting across this lighter sky. So it's kind of this like forces of darkness and light sort of coming together. Um, And then in the middle is this like contemporary battle scene. And then right in front of all of that is this what I call the cosmic lotus. So kind of it's this emerging sort of out of the muck of... um, you know what might be like what what the future might hold and hopefully it'll be something you know some possibly slightly brighter <laughs> version of the future it was started like in like it was actually it took a long time to finish and it, i think the very first um brushstrokes of it were started like right after trump got elected so it just seemed like a time of, like strife and conflict and um yes it was kind of a hope for the future Mm-hmm. Wow. And when did you finish it? Actually, way later. I say it took three years, but that almost sounds like four because it was 2020 before I finished it. I think it was the very end of 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. I started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I wow. wasn't on it like the entire time. There's like a lot of time where I would put it aside and I would just need to contemplate it and think about what the next move was and 
Um, so I actually, now that I think of it, that's a big part of my process too, is sometimes just giving it time to percolate. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, not sort of panicking and not giving up either. Like, you know, knowing that one day I'll finish it, it just might take three Absolutely. years. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. There's a couple of pieces that I have. I started and I haven't ever finished them and they're like several years. And I, I'm going to finish them for this show in December. I'm like, this is the perfect time to like, this is the reason to finish them, you know? Oh, totally. I think actually a lot of the time I finish work because of a show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I work very well under deadlines. I've learned about myself. Like it's amazing how much you can get done in a deadline. Um, oh. Yes. So, um, so you are, so, okay. My other question for you is you're very accomplished in that you've done you know, you have all these residencies, you've, you're represented by a couple of galleries, um, you have all these prizes. I am so curious about your kind of painting versus administration schedule, like balancing um, being a working artist as far as like actually getting the work done and then applying for residencies, um, you know, keeping in touch with your galleries, making sure you're constantly like out there. So I would, I would be so curious to know if you have any tips or kind of what's your strategy for the way that you handle your time? Yeah, well, I kind of try to do a little bit of each one every day. I find for me, like baby steps that are consistent are like the way to go. Yeah. So I make sure to paint every day. It's not always for a long time. I have this rule that I've carried on since like I was finding my voice to always paint for a minimum of 25 minutes a day, which sounds like a ridiculously small amount of time, but um, but at least it's consistently making progress towards my goals yeah. because what had happened before was I wasn't painting at all, you know, for like a long time, like months or something. And so at least like at least if I'm doing a little bit every day, it can actually be really surprising. I end up looking like I'm pretty productive and prolific, even if I'm not painting that much time, as long as I do it every day and mm -hmm. it's focused work. So, um, so a lot of the time my days can look like that, just like painting for 25 minutes every single day, no matter what. Um, but it's focused work. And so you get a lot done. And then, and then very often I'll paint for many more hours, but the requirement is only like 25 minutes every single day. Um, and then, yeah. And then like, I have kind of this balance between like teaching and then yeah communicating with galleries that doesn't take too long right now like writing about the show the upcoming show is taking a little bit of time um yeah so I find that it's like a little bit of it every single day like it normally when I have various tasks say there's three tasks they're like building up a class like in teaching and then like administration work about my art career or whatever and then painting, I'll just try and sort of divide my time into those three, mm -hmm. and just make sure that I do like a little bit every single day, and then it's fine. Um, and knowing that it'll be fine is comforting, because otherwise I get really overwhelmed. You know, yeah. if I look ahead and think of all that I have to do, it's like yeah. craziness. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like I have I have a rule where I can't go three days without like doing something with my email. Cause then I'll just get like totally overwhelmed. Um, and like, as far as art, um, yeah, doing something towards that every day, like actually putting a paint to, you know, your canvas is really important to just keep yourself in the studio and feeling like you're an actual artist, you know, not just like someone who's just marketing their work. 
Yeah. yeah, and I think you and I both saw too how much it's important for inspiration. Like there's a Jerry Saltz quote that's something like inspiration comes from doing or something like that. That's not the quote, It's but it's something along the lines of that. Um, and I think you and I both noticed how the less, like when we weren't painting, we weren't inspired, but the inspiration comes in the act of doing. So the more I'm just engaging with my art and I'm not working in a state of inspiration all the time, definitely not. But the more I just stay engaged in it and kind of grapple with the questions and issues that are coming up in my studio practice, the more I'm open to epiphanies coming in, you know, and inspiration like flowing in, into the work. So yeah, that's okay. keep it consistent too. Very cool. Um, so if you if you had one piece of advice for artists who are um, kind of just starting out, what would you say to them? I would say, yeah, just paint a little bit every single day. <laughs> like that. That's great. That's wonderful. And then um, where can people find out about your classes and your upcoming show? Um, yeah, so all of the information is on my website, christygordon.com. Um, also, my Instagram at christygordonart. Uh, we'll definitely have information about all of that. And I also have a podcast as well called Down to Art. So it's down and then the number two art and it's all one word. Amazing. Amazing. I will link all of those in the show notes so everyone can go check out her podcast and upcoming show and classes. And um, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Christy. I really loved chatting with you today. Oh, and I forgot. So you're going to be in Titania's Ball, um, the, sh the upcoming show next month. I forgot to mention that. Um, so that's how this podcast came to be, kind of, because we started communicating about that. So if you're in town, please come um, to Titania's Ball. It'll also be online, and I'll put all of the um, information for that in the show notes as well. Excellent, and thank you so much for including me. Of course, it's going to be an amazing show. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christy. And I will be looking forward to your show. I'm going to check it out. Maybe I can come. I don't know. Um, but I am so excited to see what you do, especially that huge painting you were telling me about. And I will talk to you soon. Oh, thank you so much, Jessica. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.